Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. What's up, Res Life? How you guys doing? Come on, we can do better than that. We're not celebrating a person, we're celebrating Jesus. Come on, we can do better than that. You guys glad to be here this evening? Listen, I am excited to be back in the house at Res Life. It is always an honor and an opportunity to be back in this house. I, I love your pastors. I love the pastor's family. So can we give some honor to where honors you for pastors Dwayne and Jeannie? They may not be in the room, but they still deserve honor. Come on, come on. Uh, We want to give honor also to Pastor Daniel and Amanda. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you so much. Come on, there you go. That's Relevant Church right there. That's how they give honor right there. We celebrate that. Hey, shout out to Team Relevant who's here hanging out with me today. They came up for Ethiopian food after this. That's what they really came up for. They're like, you preaching in Res Life? That's nice. I'm like, y'all want to go eat? They're like, we be there. We're coming. You guys have been in an incredible series uh, Sunday mornings asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. It's been an awesome experience watching and catching up with you guys today's message. It was especially important. We're so glad that Pastor Jake preached that word. And, and as I was preparing to come preach here Pastor Daniel asked me, he said, uh, man, what do you, what has the Lord laid on your heart? And he asked me uh, to, to kind of share with him what I was thinking. I said, well, what have you guys been talking about? And he said, we've been getting a lot of questions about hearing the voice of God. We've been having questions about how do I hear the voice of God and how do I discern the voice of God? And it's Very close, near and dear to my heart because back home at Relevant Church, we've been kind of digging into the voice of God as well, too. Personally, in my own life, I've been asking God, where are you? Can I hear from you? About two months ago, I was praying. I was saying, God, I want to be able to hear you clearly. I'm going to preach on listening to the voice of God. I want to be able to hear you clearly, but it seems like I'm not really hearing you all that well right now. I don't know if you've ever been to that place in your life. Maybe you've been a Christian for quite some time and you're struggling to hear. You say, I know what to do. I pray. I go to church. I give. But for whatever reason, it just feels like God's voice is kind of silent in my life right now. Well, I'll tell you what. God does speak. He absolutely speaks. He speaks in various ways. He speaks at different times. He speaks always. The biggest question is, are we listening? Oftentimes we can get so quick to ask the question, God, are you speaking? Are you speaking? Are you speaking? He's like, are you ever going to let me get a word in? I'll tell you how God spoke to me today was uh, the first service here at Res Life today through your worship. Pastor David is in the room today. Can I just celebrate your team? 
That worship team sent me today. That experience was incredible. God speaks through worship. As I was sitting here, I had to remove myself from everybody else because God was speaking to me through this worship. God speaks to us in prayer. God speaks to us through circumstances. God speaks to us as we are hearing the preach word. God speaks to us constantly. In fact, there's this verse in Job chapter 33, verse 14 and 15. That's kind of kind of anchor where we're at here. This is what it says. It says, for God speaks again and again. Aren't you excited about that? Listen, if you've ever wondered if God speaks, it's here. It says God speaks again and again. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-hit acquitter. It's It's a constant thing. God speaks again and again. Though people do not recognize it. Oh, so it's not his fault. It's not him being quiet on us. People, though people do not recognize that he speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when the deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. Let me tell you, that is exciting to me that even when I'm not paying attention, God is still speaking and he'll wait for me to even go to sleep so that he can give me a dream to speak to me because sometimes I'm so caught up in everything else. God speaks again and again. Let's pray. God, speak to us right now. It is in your name we pray. Amen. The first thing that I want everybody in here to know is God has already spoken. God has already spoken. He's given us 66 books of his word where he's spoken clearly. And the truth is, let me give you guys something real quick. In case you didn't know, with what God has spoken in this word, he never, ever has to speak to us again for us to ever doubt his existence, who he is, what he said, the direction that he's given us. It's all contained in here. But pastor, he didn't answer what I should wear to this interview. Listen, God ain't worried about that interview. God is worried about, are you in tune to his voice? This book has the principles for life and flourishing. These books are God-breathed. Scripture tells us that all God's word is God-breathed. It is expelled from him. So let me tell you, Scripture does not just carry information. It carries authority. Because it carries the very presence of God. If you ever wonder about God, don't leave my presence. Just grab the Bible with you. Just walk around. This is God's presence with me at all times. God, what do you need to say to me? I want a fresh word. God does speak, yes, in his word. He also speaks outside of his words, visions, dreams. And if you want to hear from God, the first thing you will have to understand is how to stop. So I saw some of the questions that came through and the questions are really, really good. How will I know when God is speaking to me? Does God hear prayers of non-believers? Why hasn't God answered my prayers? How do you know if you're truly being led to something? How can I learn to pray with authority and more effectively? What is God's praying God's will mean? How can I know that God hears my prayers? The question is not God Can you speak to me? The question is, can I position myself to hear your voice? 
The first lesson that we're going to take away from here in our time together, like I said, no takers are history makers. So if you want to take some notes with us, number one, stopping is uncomfortable. Can we just talk about it for a second? Because if we're going to stop to hear God's voice, can we just, can we just, can we just talk about the elephant in the room right now? I know I got to hear God's voice. I know I got to stop, but stopping is uncomfortable. Stopping is just uncomfortable. I know it because I'm a person that doesn't really like silence. I got a friend here, Tammy, who just graduated from Indiana University, celebrating Tammy, got her awesome degree, and now she doesn't have any homework, she doesn't have any assignments, or she's sitting at home like, what do I do? It's silence. Her, she's taking up knitting. Awesome. Very cool. I particularly won't do that. I'll figure something else out. I don't think I'd make a very good neater, whatever. Listen, I don't like stopping because I don't like silence. I don't like hearing my own heartbeat. My team knows I'm a hypochondriac. If I hear my heart beating, all of a sudden I'm like, why is it breathing like that? Is that regular? Is it off? Babe, do I need to go to the hospital? Come here in my heart. It's doing something different. Most of us don't want to stop because it's uncomfortable. It feels like we're wasting time. How many people in here are those people? When you come home, there's got to be something to do. When the kids come home, hey, I need you to wash the dishes. I need you to go mow the lawn. I need you to do that. Because there's always something to do. If we stop, it feels like we're wasting time. And all of us, well, let me not say all, but most of us believe that busyness is a sign of value. The more busy I am, the more valuable I am, or the more value I'm receiving. Busyness to us sometimes is a sign of being valuable or receiving value. And uh, busyness doesn't always have to do with responsibility. Sometimes we can be busy wasting time. We can be busy on social media. You know how they say when you point one finger out, three are coming back? That's me right there. Busy on social media, caught up in Facebook videos for endless hours. We can be busy watching TV. We can be busy in our hobbies. Sometimes our hobbies, which are supposed to be places where we reset and reflect, we end up using them as ways to avoid other things that we were doing. So all it is is busy hobby work. You guys tracking with me? Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you paused? When was the last time? I'm not talking about like you got home, you were tired, you put on the TV, you sat in front of the TV, grabbed yourself a drink. No, I'm talking about an intentional pause. I mean, I'm talking about in the middle of work, right in the middle of your grind, where you know you're focused and you're like, you know what? I haven't talked to the Lord in a little while. I'm not set before the presence of the Lord in a little while. Maybe you're studying. Maybe you're doing something. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to intentionally stop and yield and be present with God. All the songs that we just sang spoke to this. Let me tell you, I was going back and forth between two messages, but after those two songs, I was like, oh, no, 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 we need to reset. We need to pause. We need to sit before the presence of God. When was the last time you just stopped and did nothing willingly? Stopping is uncomfortable. Hey, you know what? Stopping is inconvenient. Some of you guys in this room got mad. This is not why I came to church. 
You're supposed to be preaching right now. This is a waste of time. What are you doing this? What is this supposed to prove? What type of point are you trying to make right now? Keep talking. This is uncomfortable. This is not serious. You're not taking God's word seriously. This is a waste. Don't waste my time. I did this with a group of guys. They walked into a room and had no clue what was taking place. We're supposed to have this men's gathering, and we just stayed silent for 44 minutes. People were ready to rip their hair out. People started crying. People started laughing. People didn't know what to react. People were uncomfortable. Some people were in peace. Some people were in joy. Some people were in tranquility. And then when we asked them what was going on inside of you, some of the people weeping and says, I realize no time in my 50 years of life have I ever stopped. My world is constantly spinning. My world is constantly doing something and being something and being somewhere. And we wonder why we don't hear the voice of God. We don't stop because sometimes we feel like we're going to miss an opportunity. It's an inconvenient. If I, if, I, if I don't strike while the iron's hot, I'm going to miss out on this opportunity that I need to jump on because stopping can become very inconvenient. But God reminds us that if he's not in it, you don't want it anyway. So why are you pressing? If I'm not in it, what are you pushing for? What are you working towards? If you don't even know clearly that is my direction moving you into that way, why are you so hard pressed to keep moving? This is what he says in Psalm 127, one through two. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Can I tell you, these are hard verses to read. If we really think about it, the reality is we can spend our entire lives building something and God may not even be in it. We can spend our time laboring and slaving and doing all that we can to create a wealth and fortune and academics and all these things. And we might even be doing it in the name of the Lord. We might be preaching our hearts out, going on mission trips and doing everything that we know that we're supposed to be doing. And scripture tells me that in the day, some of us are going to come and we're going to say, Lord, Lord, he's going to say away from me. I never knew you. Wow. That is a harsh reality. I don't know about you. It says this, and it is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. This one hits home for me because I deal with insomnia. And it's easy to stay up and work all night, and there's tasks that need to be done. I preached at my uh, church this morning, Relevant Church, two services, and the reality is I was up until 2 o'clock in the morning finishing a task that I didn't get to finish during the week, rather than saying, you know what, it'll be all right. God is like, what are you doing? You know, stopping is inconvenient because we think we're ultimately in control. Listen, I know y'all, I was supposed to be the happy preacher that was supposed to come here and do a dance and make y'all laugh and be like, oh man, we like him. Like, pastor, why? No, it's sunny outside. You brought us the preacher that has us all in our feelings. Good. 
Stop is inconvenient because we think we're ultimately in control. Listen to what Proverbs says, uh, the writer of the Proverbs, Proverbs 19 through 21. You make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So why do you keep pushing so much? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those individuals. I am a go-getter. I'm a driver. I'm like type A. Let's go. Let's get it. And God always has to remind me is like, to what end? To what purpose? Am I even in it? What have we learned? Stopping is uncomfortable. Stopping is convenient. But you know what? Here goes the hope. Stopping is necessary. Stopping is necessary. And the reality is that all of us know it, even though we may not act like it. Can I give somebody freedom in here? You're not Superman, and you don't have to be. Hold on. Let me, let me talk to the ladies in here. You're not superwoman or supermama. You don't have to be. I know Instagram tells you that you're supposed to be. But people only put their highlight reel on Instagram, not their practice tapes. And all of them are pretty much in practice in the first place. Nobody knows what we're doing where everybody's trying our very best. And no one is calling you to be Superman and Superwoman. Can I tell you the weight? I don't know if somebody can feel this one. The weight of performance is draining. You ever just been in there like, why am I even trying? Why am I at every PTA meeting baking every cookie and being around people? I don't even like y'all. I get on my nerves. I can't stand your kids. I'm having a party at my house and inviting you guys, trying to impress you. But the reality is, I don't like your little demon kids. No, I didn't say that. Not bad. We know we need to stop. On the job, we get there early and we leave late. We've got to show that we, we've got it together. We've got to show that we're committed. We've got to show that we've got to show up. But at the end of the day, sometimes we need to stop. Because if we don't, how many of you guys know your body will stop you? You ever been there where you're just so exhausted that you just can't do anything anymore? Those moments when you're driving home and you've been at every kid's soccer game, you've been at every engagement, every business after hours, you've been at the office late trying to make the next million, trying to make the, make the next deal. And at the end of the day, you're driving home, you're falling asleep, get home, don't know how you got there. Your family's trying to talk to you. You're incoherent, can't really focus. Your kids want to hug you up. Can't, your spouse is trying to talk to you, and you fall asleep right while you're having a conversation. And here's the deal. God knew that we would ravage ourselves. God is so smart. How many of y'all know God is so smart? God knew that he, we would all ravage ourselves with work and toil and getting things done. So he created a plan. Remember, it says it in Exodus 20. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for ordinary work. So everybody out there like, I need a two-day weekend. No, God said you need a one-day weekend, Sabbath. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male servants, your female servants, your livestock, says even your dog. Stop making your dog run outside. Not even your livestock and any foreigners living among you. 
So what did humanity do? God gives us the Sabbath. We're supposed to rest. We're supposed to enjoy it and experience it well. Nope. Humanity made a rest a weight of more doing and not doing. So we now, humanity creates noise about the Sabbath, and there's different spaces where we start judging people about how they keep their Sabbath. Well, I keep my Sabbath this way. How come you don't keep your Sabbath that way? Well, Sabbath's supposed to look like this for me. Why does it look like this for you? Sound familiar, Pastor Taylor? I'm always judging our executive pastor. Why are you doing that on your Sabbath? That's the Sabbath. So I'm talking about myself. But the reality is Sabbath became another thing about all the things you shouldn't do. The Jews started to put pressure on everybody else's. You got to observe Sabbath this way and it's got to be this way. And you got to have these laws. They had thousands of laws just governing the Sabbath. The place where I'm supposed to be resting. Now I spent all my time reading a manual of how I'm supposed to observe this thing. I love this verse, Mark 2, 27. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. Hello, somebody. The Sabbath was meant to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. The need for you and I is to stop, rest, and position ourselves to listen and to hear the voice of God. Last lesson that we can take out of this is stopping has to be intentional. Stopping has to be intentional. Can I tell you guys, stopping is not just about getting quiet. A lot of times we think stopping is about, you know, sitting quietly and reflecting and meditating and writing. Yes, that's all the journaling, all that prayer. Yep, that's all good. Stopping just has to be intentional, but it's not just about being quiet. Sometimes stopping may be turning off one thing to turn on another. Can I, can I have an authenticity moment with you guys? Can I just reveal some things to you? Please don't judge me. Please invite me back out to preach, okay, Pastor Daniel? I'm going to whisper it because I, I want the church people to be mad at me. I'm a pastor, and I don't just listen to Christian music. Guys, I'm a pastor. And I've never watched the full episode of the Chosen series. Don't throw any stones. Listen, I just, I love music. I love all types of music. I love, the, thank you, somebody, me too. Praise God, we love you. I don't just listen to Christian music. I don't just watch Christian movies all day. I don't just sit there before right now media like, oh, what's the next one? I love all types of movies. But there was a time in, I was driving and I was listening to a playlist which was really dope. The music was really great. There was nothing really crazy about it. Nobody was doing anything vulgar in it. It was just some good, great, awesome music and I was appreciating the talent of the musicianship that God had given this person, whether they knew God or not, that came from God. And while I was listening to it, I wasn't sinning. The person wasn't in sin writing this. At the end of the day, God convicted my heart and says, hey, you know, I want to spend a little time with you. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But God says, no, 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 I want you to be intentional in this moment. I want you to turn off what you're listening to and tune into my frequency. 
That's all good and great. Yeah, you're not doing anything wrong there, but I've got a special place that I want to meet you. I want to encounter you in a unique way. I want to encounter you in a special way. Sometimes stopping has to be so intentional. And can I tell you, stopping is switching from a a secular mindset sometimes to a spiritual mindset. And it's not a magic potion at the end of the day because all of us, you know, we make it religious. So, man, I need to hear the word of God. Boom. Hallelujah. God was like, man, I ain't, you ain't got nothing for me, bro. It's not a magic potion. You know what it is? It's a posture of the heart. Saying, God, I just want to be in your presence right now. It's about quieting the noise of the world to tune into the voice and the frequency of the spirit. So this is the last thing that I wanted to share with you today. The voice of God is loudest when the voice of your world is the quietest. The voice of God is loudest when the voice of your word is the quietest. If you're wondering, man, how do I hear the, God, the, the, the voice of the Lord? How do I hear God's voice? Let me tell you, stop asking how do you hear God's voice and start sitting in expectation and anticipation of God to speak because he's going to speak. Are you just still enough to be able to hear it? The voice of God is loudest when the voice of your world is the quietest. God still speaks, but many of us are never quiet enough to hear it. Let me tell you, in the tension of solitude, you'll discover the whisper of the maker softly beckoning you, peace, be still. And your heart responding, be still, oh my soul. The voice of God is loudest when your voice is the quietest. Are you listening to hear God's voice? Are you stopping long enough to experience the reality of his presence? Can I tell you, no matter where you are, God's presence is there. If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to learn to be quiet before the presence of God. And it's amazing how every moment Jesus had to encounter the glory and the majesty of God was after a moment of him going and just stealing away with his father. Before his ministry was inaugurated, he spent time fasting on the mountain. Before the glorious, gory, but majestic cross, he spent time in prayer and communion with his father on the, in the garden. And he was able to say that no matter what, though this cup can't be removed from me, not my will, but yours be done. Can we pray and just ask God to still our hearts? to still our minds. God, you are good. Your mercies are new every morning. They're everlasting. God, quiet our voices. Teach us how to quiet our world. God, we want to hear from you. 
in a world where there is so much noise, in a world that there is so much voices, in a world there is so much chaos, God, we want to be able to hear and discern your voice. Be still, O my soul. Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.